Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Metro Journal podcast sponsored by Open Loop, a trusted partner for telehealth companies across the U.S. looking to launch and scale their virtual wolf services. Check them out at openloophealth.com. My name is Rodney Hu, your host as always, and today I'm joined by another very special guest, Dr. Juan Carlos Correa. He is the managing physician of Modern Vascular, and Modern Vascular Clinics specialize in the treatment of peripheral artery disease through below the knee, below the ankle, and pedal endovascular arterial reconstruction to prevent amputations and restore hope. He is the managing physician at Modern Vascular's Overland Park Clinic. Dr. Juan Carlos is a double-boarded vascular surgeon with extensive expertise in treating complex arterial disease. Dr. Correa completed his general and surgical fellowship training at St. Louis University. He is bilingual, fluent in both English and Spanish, and maintains active teaching positions in Kansas City hospitals. That being said, welcome to the podcast. Rodney, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. No problem. So why don't we just jump into it? Why don't you give people a quick background of who you are and how you ended up at Modern Vascular? Absolutely. As you already said, a double-boarded vascular surgeon. I've been heavily involved in peripheral arterial disease for almost 17 years now. And despite having a very busy private practice as a vascular surgeon, I made the jump to join Modern Vascular in spring of this year, and I cannot be happier. One of the big reasons why I made the jump is the efficiency in which we can now treat patients with peripheral arterial disease and the new tools and the new techniques that we do in a very simple outpatient setting to help save people's legs. It's a huge thing. I couldn't be happier. And I'm so proud of all the work we do. Awesome. And like I was saying before we actually went live, I was doing some research on modern vascular, but um, I'm curious to hear your point of view on what is modern vascular and what are the big things that you guys are focusing on and what you're excited on? Absolutely. So modern vascular is a company that was created about four years ago. It started in Arizona by one of our founding interventional radiologists, partners, Dr. Scott Brannon, who is a very passionate, very talented physician who had a big passion also saving people's legs, doing complex interventions, opening up little arteries down to the toes, down on the ankles, things that were not commonly done, things that are still considered, unfortunately, in a lot of centers taboo because you know what, they don't feel it's going to work, they don't feel it's going to last, and we've been able to show them differently. We're saving people's legs. We're making a huge impact. Over these past four years, Modern Vastra grew to the point where right now we have 16 clinics. And hopefully by the end of fall, we're going to have 18 clinics up and running throughout the whole country. At each clinic, there is one physician. And each physician at that clinic is extensively experienced and trained in performing very difficult operations where we open up the arteries in your calf, in your ankle, in your foot, down to the toes. These are things that, again, were not commonly done before these past four years. And we're gathering enough data to demonstrate that this is the future and that we are obviously getting the results that we were looking for, saving people's legs. That's interesting. So you have all these sites and then each site only has one physician. And then I'm yes. assuming the site that you're at, you're that physician, you're that surgeon who actually does all these procedures. We'll just get this question out the way is how has COVID affected your guys' practice just because this pandemic has influenced the healthcare industry in so many ways, but I'm just curious on how it affected you guys and uh, how you guys adapted. Obviously, COVID did affect the numbers of patients that we would routinely see in the office. However, peripheral arterial disease is so vast. During the COVID epidemic, we were opening clinics. During the epidemic, we were hiring docs. During the epidemic, we were hiring nurses and techs 
because we were so busy to the point that we continue to grow. And I think a great demonstration of the impact we make is the fact that we, despite the COVID issues, we're hiring. Now, a next caveat to this is there's a strong association with patients ill with COVID and then getting arterial thrombosis. So we actually were seeing even more complex cases. And I noted this over the past year that I was still in the hospital. We were seeing things that you might see one or two a year. We were seeing one or twice a month, once or twice a month, because that those are the effects of the virus. I'm glad you guys are around then. You guys didn't slow down at all. You guys actually just kept growing. We kept growing. That's good to hear. But it's September is PAD month. But for those who don't know, why don't you just give your explanation of what is peripheral artery disease? First of all, September, shout out. This is the time in which we have to be more aware of peripheral artery just to remind other physicians, patients, social media outlets to get the word out there. And what peripheral artery disease, it is a slow buildup of plaque inside arteries, just like the house that you might live in as years pass by, some of the tubing gets clogged. Now with humans, what causes that to happen faster? Number one on that list is smoking. People who smoke have a 14 time higher chance of developing peripheral arterial disease. Then you have diabetes, and we are still in the middle of a diabetes epidemic, and we still haven't reached its peak. So every day we have thousands of patients diagnosed with diabetes in the United States. And one of the unfortunate consequences of diabetes is developing peripheral arterial disease. Again, that slow buildup of cholesterol inside arteries that eventually can clog them or narrow them to the point where patients could have limb-threatening issues. And that's what we have to deal with. Interesting. So you mentioned a couple signs like uh, smoking, diabetes, but what are some early signs of PAD that people should be looking out for? So one of the most common things that I tell patients, just because you're getting older, it does not mean that your legs have to become weaker. If you feel that you don't have that pep in your step, you just can't walk as much as you can, you develop cramps in your calves, cramps in your thighs, and you notice that maybe your legs are very cold, you have to get up several times at night because your legs ache so much. All of these are the early signs that this might be a blood flow issue. You're just not getting enough blood flow to those muscles. We can unfortunately develop some other issues. One of those is skin breakdown where we develop ulcers or the nerves can get damaged where you develop permanent neuropathy because the nerves aren't getting blood flow. So these are the early signs that we try to educate people about that if you have this, you, all you have to do is bring it up with your primary care doctor and say, listen, should I be screened for this? Because the test that we do, imagine Rodney, it's not as sophisticated as an MRI. All we do is a very simple, it's called an ABI, an ankle brachial index. And what it is in a nutshell is we measure the blood pressure in your arms and we measure the blood pressure down in your ankles. And they should be the same. And if they're not the same, it's because down to your ankles, you're not getting enough blood flow. And depending on how severe it is, we do further testing. Depending on how severe those tests are, we recommend one of these outpatient angiograms where we go no knives, no incisions. All we do is a little needle, a little catheter. We go inside your arteries, take those pictures of those arteries, find where the blockages are, and more than likely treat them in that one setting. And you go home the same day. That's awesome. And so a follow-up question off that, just because my background in MRI tech, I'm in the imaging. How much does imaging play a role in helping you throughout your procedure? So I'm very proud of that. At each of our centers, we have very high-powered x-ray equipment that imagine we can zoom in, do a digital zoom 20 times the size of the artery. 
20 times to the point where you actually have to back up from the screen going, wait, that's too close. We use wires that are smaller than people's hair. And with that wire, we're able to send that wire through people's arteries down, down to the toes. So we need really good imaging. And at every one of the modern vascular centers, we have the best of the best imaging. Unfortunately, this doesn't happen in hospitals all the time because they cut corners because they're expensive. And we get that it is expensive. But if you were getting one of these procedures, you want to make sure that your doc can clearly see what he's doing, clearly see that he's actually opening up what he was supposed to open up. So to acquire the images, you guys actually go put the camera in the vein? No. So we use x-ray equipment, angiogram, where we put contrast to look at your arteries. Oh, and okay. we also use, you're, you're hinting at it, we also use a special catheter that uses an ultra inside your artery. So just like you're looking around your room right now, filming this podcast, we're able to do that inside your arteries, where we can actually look around and figure out, okay, there's plaque. How bad is it? We can measure it. And it's very objective. It's not, I think it's a little bit blocked. No, we will tell you exactly. It's 30% blocked, 35% blocked. We can get to that degree of precision with the new device. That's awesome. And then I feel like that just gives you, the surgeon, a lot more confidence when you're actually going in. Absolutely. We, we want to do this once. We don't want to keep bringing you back. Yeah. And obviously the disease is systemic. It's going to be in all of your arteries. And we have these conversations with the patients up front. This is very important that they have to change their lifestyle. Smoking is the number one thing that they have to second. They have to take better care of the diabetes or their high blood pressure. They have to start eating better. They have to lower their cholesterol because the disease is systemic and it will come back if they don't follow those recommendations. And then we combine this with newer antiplatelets, new blood thinners that are available now in the United States. We combine it with those medications so that any treatment that we do is going to last way longer. We had covered some early signs and um, symptoms early on. And you mentioned just talk to your primary care provider, but who else can help identify signs of PAD and how do they actually go about helping? Anywhere we have a modern vascular clinic, if they have concerns, we do have a 1-800 number for them to dial in and they go to the website. Also, we have the questionnaires and those questionnaires are very sensitive. If you answer yes to a lot of those questions, more than likely you have peripheral arterial disease, more than likely. And then we would bring you into the office and prove it with that ultrasound in the office. And not everybody that comes to the office is going to get a procedure. That's something that I just want to make sure that people understand. Even if we do identify peripheral arterial disease, this does not mean that you need some type of intervention. A lot of times with medicines and close surveillance, we can keep an eye on things, maybe help it a little bit, completely reverse it. No, absolutely not. But give you some hope and you know what? There is treatment for this. Cramping at night or having a hole in your foot. These are not permanent things. We can actually make this a lot better. Interesting. And I, I know you had mentioned being able to treat it. No, there is the no, there is no cure. Is there a cure for people who have PAD? So don't necessarily talk about PAD as much as they talk, for example, about breast cancer. Just to put things in perspective, right now in the United States, for every one patient that dies from cancer, five patients die from peripheral arterial disease. That is, that is the magnitude of what we're dealing with. It's huge. Right now in the United States, one, I think every six seconds, somebody gets a major amputation in the United States. And this is a below the knee amputation or above the knee amputation. And this is in the United States. And you don't grow a leg back. That is a permanent thing. And I can tell you as a vascular surgeon that does amputations, maybe one in four of my patients actually learn to walk again, wearing a prosthetic. The other three are going to be confined to a wheelchair. If this disease is treated, I would say promptly before permanent damage to your leg, obviously we could prevent that from happening. And imagine not only can we prevent it, but we do it in an outpatient setting. So you're not going to the hospital that's full of COVID patients. You're in a very safe, controlled environment where we were very safe with all of our protocols in regards to COVID. The same nurse that you see on your way in is probably going to be the same nurse that you're going to see on your way out. That's the beauty about this. This is also a big reason why I left my very busy private practice to do this in, the, in an outpatient setting. That's awesome.
And like you said, most people are talking about cancer or even COVID. This is just as important, right? So how do you go about educating those patients or educating the market really on the importance of PAD? We all do it the best way we can. I Before COVID, I would host dinner programs and lunch programs at least once, maybe twice a month in which I would invite primary care doctors. I would invite nurse practitioners, physician assistants, nurse managers, and talk to them about the early signs and symptoms of peripheral arterial disease and what to do about it. Because it's easy to say, you should send these patients for a test. What else can we do? What are the steps? And we try to make it as simple as we can. And I think the more we educate people about this, the more we're going to make a bigger impact. Because right now, our amputations in the United States are way too high. And the sad thing about this, Rodney, is those amputation rates are higher in areas of low socioeconomic status. They're higher in African-Americans. They're higher in Hispanics, unfortunately, because a lot of times by the time they get care, it's either too advanced or the places that they go to, they don't offer these types of services, which is sad. And that's also why we're trying to make an impact where we have a lot of our offices. We try to engage as much as we can with the local community and outlying communities to tell them, listen, get a second opinion. If somebody says, listen, you might get your toe amputated or you might need your leg amputated before that happens, get a second opinion. You would get that if you had cancer. If somebody told you, listen, you have cancer and there's nothing we can do about it. You'd get a second opinion. We're trying to educate people to do the same thing for us, the same thing, because we do have more tools. We do have them, absolutely. But just as we talked about before, there is no magical cure for this. There is no magical pill that we could give patients that was that's going to clear up all that plaque inside of their arteries. If there would, I would, I'd see my family a lot more. I'll tell you that. I'd play more tennis myself if that were the case. But it is, it is a systemic disease and it doesn't go away, but we can keep treating it. We can keep doing several things to make things better to the point where you don't lose your legs and you maintain your quality of life. You mentioned a couple of things there before you even get to treating it. How about you focus on trying to prevent it, developing those healthy habits, cutting out smoking, eating healthy and stuff like that? I would say right now, because we're still in the middle of a diabetes epidemic that still hasn't hit its peak. We think it's going to hit its peak around 2025, 2026. That's when we think we're going to hit the epidemic. But imagine about one in three Americans older than the age of 45, one in three, that's where we are right now and people don't talk about it. But fortunately, there's better ways. There's newer medications for diabetes. There's easier ways for people to check their blood sugars. Before you'd have to stick yourself, my cousin has diabetes, you'd have to stick yourself with a needle three, four times a day. Now they can wear a patch and they can check it on their iPhone. You know what? I ate this meal. How am I doing? Do I need more medication for my diabetes? So there are better tools for people to not necessarily have excuses to say, you know what? I don't check my sugars because I don't want to stick my fingers. I, I get that. I wouldn't want to stick my fingers four times a day for the rest yes. of my life. But eating healthier, losing weight, staying active might reverse some of the diabetes where you don't need medications. We know that's a proven fact. We know that weight loss surgery can help make diabetes go away in a lot of patients. We know that eating healthier and working out absolutely can make a difference. And notice, and that's before they see us. This is what we need to keep pushing out there. We need to keep pushing out there because once PAD has, and once you're starting to get treatments, there's usually no way back. You're going to get treatments for the rest of your life. Interesting. And you've mentioned throughout this conversation, a couple of different characteristics and like demographics of people who experience PAD, but for the, for modern vascular, who or what kind of patient should be referred over to you guys? I would say anybody that if they go online and they follow up questionnaire, and if it screens positive, call us, schedule a visit. You'd lose nothing. You'll gather more information and we will start the medical treatments and coordinate with your primary care doctor to continue those treatments. We'll help come up with follow-up protocols depending on your risk factors. Should you be seen every, should you be seen every six months, once a year? What should we do about this? 
We'll make those recommendations that are evident, evidence-based and follow guidelines of all major medical societies from the Vascular Surgical Society, American Medical Association, American Diabetes Association. We follow all of those guidelines because we want to make a big impact to decrease amputations. Getting that information up front and then having that conversation. You never uh-huh. know where that conversation can take you. But we're coming up towards the end of the podcast, but I have one more question for you. And it's just, what sort of advice would you give to patients or potential patients really who are experiencing symptoms and they don't really know how to go about it? I would say just call us. You lose nothing. Call us and you'll speak with one of our our liaisons that are very knowledgeable. They'll help guide you through the process. Come on in, meet us. We'll do the testing and we'll help educate you right there in person. We'll help educate you. We'll give you walking programs so that you can follow your progress. We'll help figure out, listen, if you are at risk for diabetes, we'll help make sure that your primary care is aware of this so that we can do the necessary testing and then just get you on the right path, get you on the right path. That's a perfect piece of advice. Excellent way to end the main segment of today's podcast. But I like to end each episode on a little lighter exercise. We've been covering a lot about PA, but I'm just going to ask you a couple set of questions, something I like to call the rapid fire round, and you just give me whatever answers you come up with. Let's do it. So question number one, what is your favorite book of all time? Lord of the Rings. Number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career? I would say that's two different people. For my career, I would say it's my mentor, Don Jacobs, who's the head of vascular surgery in Denver, Colorado. He helped open up my mind to the fact that one, one physician can't do everything. You have to work with your podiatrist, you have to work with your diabetes specialist, with infectious disease, you have to work as a team because that those days of one doc doing everything are gone. And then uh, personally, I would say maybe my little sister, she's super hardworking, never gives up. She's fierce, loves adversity. You know, she's just a role model in a lot of aspects. Hey, that's awesome. Shout out to little sister. I have a little sister too. Number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year or within the next year? I want to make sure that at least the community where I'm at, they, they sense the impact of us opening up our office. They sense the impact of what? Oh my goodness, this is amazing. We can learn from this. And I'd be more than happy to partner with anybody to help spread the word, spread the treatments, help educate, help train other docs. I'd love to make that my goal for the next year. Oh, that would be awesome. Definitely. Last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self? I would tell them, make sure you work out every day, even if it's even if for 10 minutes, that'd be the, the number one thing. And remember, this is an endurance race. Life is an endurance race, not a sprint. I would tell myself, don't worry about it. You're going to get there. Enjoy the ride. Awesome. I think that's a perfect piece of advice. Excellent way to end today's episode. Dr. Curry, I just want to thank you again for just jumping on and uh, sharing the impact that you're trying to make within, that you are making actually within the healthcare space around PAD and Really appreciate you jumping on and sharing your story. But before you go, where can people learn more about Modern Vascular and connect with you if they're interested? So if they go online to modernvascular.com, you'll find a list of all of our clinics and whatever part of the country that you're in, try to find the local clinic. And uh, the questionnaires are right there to help educate you to see if you have peripheral arterial disease. Go online, fill out that questionnaire. If you think that it's positive or it tells you that it's positive, give us a call. You lose nothing. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include all those resources all those links in the resources section. But with that being said, that ends today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one.